Chapter 19 of An American in the Making, The Life Story of an Immigrant by Marcus Eli Ravage. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 19, The Fruits of Solitude. My expense account for 1906-07, which I still preserve, along with some choice compositions, a notebook or two, and a gratifying press clipping about my maiden speech before the Cosmopolitan Club, as the precious mementos of that incredible year, ought not to be allowed to perish in the dark. It should certainly prove of inestimable value to certain extravagant-minded members of the Committee on Student Budgets by showing them what really are the possibilities of a minimum expenditure for young men in moderate circumstances they would learn for instance that the item of amusements and incidentals is capable of an amazing contraction from twenty dollars to very nearly nothing a year or to be quite accurate to two dollars and twelve cents thus two half pecks of apples thirty cents twelve bananas twelve cents one football game fifty cents one basketball game twenty-five cents two visits to the nickelodeon ten cents smoking tobacco eighty cents one christmas dinner cigar five cents what a person of more modest tastes than mine would do still further to bring this elastic item toward the absolute zero is an interesting question it is clearly not indispensable to the maintenance of life to go to moving picture houses and as long as the club table provides enough of bread and gravy a consistently economical young man with a goal before him may conceivably eliminate such articles from his diet as bananas and apples still i admit that i was extravagant at times let the next item speak for itself here are stamps postal cards and correspondence stationery to the appalling amount of seven dollars and six cents i hope no one will think me lacking in a sense of proportion but the truth is that if i did not go oftener to the games and the shows it was in order to have more money for letters it was the only way for me to keep my soul alive i wrote to everybody i knew because i loved everybody now who was in new york sometimes it was business but the greater part of the time it was untainted affection i had to remind brother harry several times how badly i needed those rubber shoes and socks he had promised me cousin abby every now and then sent me a few of the radical papers and i must express to him the genuine gratitude i felt for being kept in touch with the beloved world i had left behind but the bulk of my correspondence was with esther and one or two others of my erstwhile fellow students in the night school it was to get their letters 
that i regularly raced home to my room between the nine and the ten o'clock classes and whether i was bright or stupid the rest of the day depended largely on what the mails had brought me from them esther was generous as to length when she did write but no amount of urging could convince her that a daily letter was not too much perhaps if she had known how much such things meant to me she would have come around but i did not want her to know i was half unconsciously putting the best face on my life in missouri i wanted her to follow me i wanted everybody at the manhattan school to come to missouri was it a selfish craving for the society of my own kind or was it the peculiar psychology of the whipped dog longing for the sight of other whipped dogs perhaps i do not hesitate to confess that i had developed a kind of passion for wanting to see all my school friends in my own scrape but i think i am honest when i add that i was merely hoping that it would do them as much good as it was doing me and so when esther's resolution seemed to be on the breaking point and she wrote me discouraged letters about the terrors of geometry and the heartlessness of examiners i assumed the schoolmasterly tone and scolded her for her lack of persistence and held out glowing pictures to her of the rewards that were awaiting her at the end of her struggles and i was right too about esther at any rate for the following autumn i had the satisfaction of seeing her in missouri where she still remains as happy an american as ever came from rumania of the three or four whom i succeeded in bringing out she was the only one who stuck it out the others maintained that they could see no fun in the thing no there was not much fun in being made into an american i was painfully aware of that fact myself oh the dreary loneliness of it particularly the sundays of all the days in the week they were the hardest to live through the very holiday tone in the air was suffocating me everybody else was busy and outrageously happy on sunday the boys in the house went to church in the morning wrote letters in the afternoon and went calling in the evening i was left all alone there was not even any mail the library the only place where i could still feel a sense of human contact was closed but there were whole seasons that if anything could surpass even those intolerable sundays at christmas nearly every fellow went home to his family there was an exchange of presents and cheerful wishes invitations were extended to good chaps to come and partake of turkey and mashed potatoes at the homes of their friends and then for an entire fortnight the town looked deserted and i was almost the only boarder left at the club i have an idea for instance that i was not particularly fond of the jams and the cakes and the fudge 
that a lot of the boys brought home with them from their weekend trips to the farm if i recall aright i had more than one taste of them for those queer fellows were absurdly generous in their own surprising way first they would destroy my appetite for food by some thoughtless remark and the next moment they would ask me to partake of their dainties with a help yourself which it was impossible to misunderstand ah well i had eaten better things in my day and yet i envied them their goodies i often thought that it would be a jolly thing to have a mother on a farm somewhere and to have her bake and boil things and pack them into one's suitcase while one went out to the barn and inquired about the health of the newest calf or the old rheumatic dog and i sometimes even had an odd wish that i could be a quotes, christian what did it matter after all that they took on faith so many unreasonable things or said they did and worshipped jesus as a pale divinity while denying his fierce humanity and coddled themselves into a belief in a second and much longer and rather emasculated existence when one came right down to it it was really immense for a religion this christianity with its couples and its easter bonnets its socials and its watches its clear-headed emphasis on the things of this world its innocent childlike hoydenism if i had been born into any one of the many indistinguishable varieties of this faith i often asked myself would i have turned against it possibly not but all the same i did not often go to church and of course i did not go calling at all missouri is a co-educational university but it might just as well have been a monastery for all the social good it did me when my ways and my personality were finding so little favor with the men my chances of making friends with the women were as you may well imagine very scant indeed now and then in the course of a recitation i might get a whispered distress call from a young lady whose fate in the person of the professor had surprised in the midst of other thoughts occasionally in the library too such a one might with a gracious smile ask for assistance in the preparation of her english theme but when she next saw me on the street or about the campus she betrayed no sign of recognition even those who had formerly met me at the deutscher Wehren, and had professed to be pleased to make my acquaintance seemed unaccountably eager to sever that acquaintance as soon as the meeting was over their conduct toward me was a painful mystery it struck me with my east side notion of frankness as needlessly insincere why i wondered don't they come out openly and tell me when i displease them and i wanted very much to be friends with them their interests were much finer than the men's and their appreciation of literature was keener 
i would have given a great deal for the privilege of calling on one of a few girls i had observed in class to take a walk with her and have a discussion in the good old style of east broadway yes it was dreary but it was far from dull i had but to take a glance into myself to find excitement aplenty solitude had its compensations like everything else for one thing i was learning the valuable art of enjoying my own company back in the ghetto there had come a time once when it was a positive torment to remain alone if there was not a gathering somewhere if no one came to see me i must at least run down into the teeming streets and mingle with the throngs and feel the pulse of people about me if i could not see an intelligent i might walk into a kazin and have a chat with a fellow vasluiander here there was hardly any escape the presence of the crowd was only a stimulant to my wistful thoughts the gay laughter the companionable groups the beaming couples only made me feel lonelier than ever in sheer self-defense i tried for a time to delude myself with a consolation picture of the missourian as a cold unsympathetic dog i pounced on his intense anti-social individualism his worship of the strong man his devotion to the ideal of personal success at all costs his sneering indifference to the unspeakable miseries of the black man in his midst his lack of interest in international matters his snobbish disregard of the claims of the worker and told myself that a fellow who walked about the world in that kind of thin shoes could hardly be expected to give much sentimental thought to the rather minor woes of a moping hypersensitive individual who had chosen to thrust himself his way it was a tremendous relief to think of him in this way as a monstrous device of wood and steel inasmuch as it did away with the need of further thinking and removed the unpleasant business of self-criticism but the picture would not hold its color and kept gradually fading away before the light of facts willy-nilly i must admit that there was an openness a freedom yes even a delightful warmth and charm a distinctive kind of pioneer neighborliness in the social atmosphere of missouri which was altogether unique in my experience the very individualism of these people was in reality an emphasis on the happiness of the single life they were far from unsympathetic among themselves and anything but cold even toward the complete stranger when i spent a day at the infirmary the whole crowd from the house and the table turned out to see me and poked fun at my gripe and there was no escaping it at myself they made a religion of personal decency no it would not do unpalatable as the truth was there was no evading the patent fact that if i was not taken in among the missourians 
the fault was with me and not with them with this uncompromising confession came unexpected relief i was floundering in the dark as you see grappling with my obstinate problem like a miner without tools and without a lantern but having made up my mind that i was not a victim but an unconscious comedian it behooved me to stand before the glass and enjoy if i might my own amusing antics once i admitted that i really was material for sport the logical thing was to try and see some of it myself perhaps to do something in the way of toning it down a bit and so there followed a pitiless dissecting of the internal man a dragging out into the light of a layer upon layer of encrusted self a lining up for inspection of a whole vast procession of things antiques from syria heirlooms from a long exile in asia and europe shards and fragments of a proud and broken ancestry warped bits of thin veneer from romania heavy plate from the radical ghetto gems and rubbish without end i took in the exhibition with mingled feelings and asked myself incredulously whether all this was what i had been used to calling my simple self the more i contemplated it the more i felt inclined to be struck with the oddity of it if that was what my american neighbors had in mind when they talked of taking the conceit out of me they were coming very near to accomplishing their purpose another glance and i would be grinning at the pile myself i was being threatened with a novel thing for an east sider a sense of humor quite as novel and as further result of my solitude was the opening of my eyes to the unsuspected miracles about me both in romania and in the ghetto nature was looked upon either as vermin or vegetable a thing to hold your nose at or to devour as a child i had exhibited a fondness for animals but when my father once found me playing with our neighbor's dog he took me into the house and made it very clear to me how unhebraic my conduct had been such things he told me earnestly were of the gentile and a good child of our tribe should shun them on the east side people did frequently take excursions to the neighboring parks but the real attractions were oftener the lecture that went with the picnic and the stores of assorted food than the loveliness of the landscape so here again was a ragged edge to my training as the dreary months dragged on i took to wandering out into the country at first my chief aim was to run away from the house and my own unpleasant thoughts but it was impossible to roam over the pretty hills around columbia for very long without falling under their spell i walked for the most part at night when my lessons for the next day were done 
and i found myself becoming enchanted with its myriad mysteries the fragrance of the damp earth the rustle of the wind in the leaves the murmur of the brooks the scintillating fires of innumerable glow-worms the soothing feel of dew-filled cool grass the sweep of clouds over the moon the far-off voices of beasts and men all these were filtering into my soul and making me into a new being my enforced exclusiveness served also to advance me in my studies my professor of english had probably never found out why i was so prompt with my papers when the majority of the class had to be urged and threatened and often penalized to make them bring theirs in on time well what else was there for me to do when there were no girls to call up and no chums to come and drag me away to parties and things besides i had for years looked forward to this opportunity when time and command of the language might adhere to make extensive reading possible on the east side literature had consisted almost entirely of the insurgent moderns interspersed with a few choice english writers like carlyle shelley and shakespeare whom we also regarded as quotes, among our own now with the aid of courses i was coming upon whole continents of undiscovered books and i threw myself with a navigator's zest into the joyous task of exploration i was filling notebooks with exercises in style based on stevenson and hazlitt i was coming back to my old enemy milton and reveling in paradise lost and i was devouring the great critics in order to obtain guidance for further voyages moreover there was german literature a planet in itself a class reference had directed me to the hundred and thirty odd volume collection of the deutsche national literature and i actually undertook to go through the whole thing from beginning to end on the whole then it looked as if i might yet work out my salvation if only those barbarians would leave me to myself but it was not in them to do that they seemed to be determined on disturbing my peace of mind they were devoting i honestly believe all their spare thoughts and all their inventive genius to thinking up ways of making me uncomfortable one young gentleman still reminiscent of my ignorance of rural things made up a tale of how i went to get a job on a farm and proceeded to relate it at the table the farmer gave max a pail and a stool and sent him out to milk the cow about an hour later when the old boy failed to show up with the stuff reuben went out to see what was the trouble he found his new assistant in a fierce pickle his clothes were torn and his hands and face were bleeding horribly what in heck is the matter asked the farmer oh curse the old cow said max i can't make her sit on that stool a burst of merriment greeted the climactic ending although the yarn was a trifle musty and the most painful part of it was that i 
must laugh at the silly thing myself it was not at all true as one of my numerous roommates tried to intimate that i shunned baths i was merely conservative in the matter one day however he had the indelicacy to ask me the somewhat personal question whether i ever took a bath and i told him of course rather sullenly that i did once in a while some time later i overheard him repeat the dialogue to the other men in the house and provoking shouts of laughter it puzzled me to see where the joke was until i learned that these fellows were taking a shower bath at the gymnasium every day it seemed to me that that was running a good thing into the ground again i noticed that my roommates were making a great show of their toothbrushes they used them after every meal and before retiring as the advertisements say and always with an unnecessary amount of splash and clatter at home i had been taught to keep my mouth and teeth clean without all this fuss nevertheless i thought that i would get a brush and join in the drill after that the other brushes became noticeably quiet and then of course there was the institution of the practical joke on april first there was soap in the pie if you got in late to a meal it was wise to brush your chair and pick your bites if any bites were left if not there was no telling what you might swallow or sit on more than once i tasted salt in my water and pepper in my biscuits i seemed to have been marked from the first as a fit subject for these pranks on halloween a squad of cadets commanded by a corporal entered my room and ordered me to get into my uniform shoulder my gun and proceed to the gymnasium which according to the order read the commandant assigned me to guard against stragglers i guarded through a whole uneventful night toward morning the captain of the football team who had a room in the gymnasium returned from a party i ordered him to halt and give the password he smiled and tried to enter i made a lunge for him and would have run my bayonet through him if he had not begun to laugh go on home you poor boy he said they pull that stunt off every year poor joke i think the next day my table-mates tried to jolly me about it they said i would be court-martialed as a deserter from duty i got angry and that made them all the more hilarious then a great strapping fellow named harvey spoke up be still you galoots he said to them and then to me for gosh sake fellow be human i tried a long time to figure out what he meant by human and for the rest of my college career i strove hard to follow his advice it was the first real hint i had got on what america through her representatives in missouri was expecting of me harvey became my first american friend End of chapter 19